Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah call it a comeback. Mark and Sarah been here for years. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. We absolutely talk about songs in the most elite manner. I was going to say possible, but I'm going to amend that to that we can manage because I'm not I'm not that elite a person. Pretty trashy, but here to help me take said trash out. I'm Sarah D. Bunting, and with me, as always, is the extremely patient and cheery Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Aid is great. <laughs> so we have reached almost the end of the road. This is, I think, the most difficult episode in these journeys for us of uh, ranking seasons. It's the do call it a comeback season and eight songs remain in contention for what, in our view, is the greatest comeback in pop music history. Mark, who is left on the field of play? Again, I say we started with 60 songs. 52 are now by the wayside. 52 were left at the rest stop. 52 are currently looking for a kindly police officer in the mall. Uh, These eight (laughs) remain. They are Believe by Cher. Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison. I Found Someone. Also by Cher. I'd Do Anything for Love But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. And the comeback king of this song, Billy Ray Cyrus. Soldier of Love by Your Boyfriend and Mine, Donny Osmond, Walk This Way by Run DMC, and the resurgent in this song, Aerosmith, and You Got It by Roy Orbison. Wow. Okay, so here's how this works. In case you're just joining us, when we are ranking albums and songs, uh, we usually start out with just an up-down vote, but those halcyon days, I regret to say are over, and now we are assigning point values as follows. My number one song in this region will receive eight points. My number two song will receive seven points on down the line until the last place song or eighth place. Let's do it, you know, kindly, like the Oscars. (laughs) Like, the Oscar goes to and not, you know, implying that they're losers. Although, there kind of are. Meatloaf. Uh, And that's how that works. I assign these points. My esteemed colleague Mark assigns these points and our even more esteemed colleagues on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass have also voted to assign these points. I have kind of a rough idea of what the Patreons did and I clipped accordingly this week, but um, I don't know what Mark's going to do and I, I think there might be some surprises. There also might be some tears, whether of joy or not, who can say, but I believe that the first song we're talking about is probably getting waved through, shares believe, I don't have a clip, I don't think we need it, it's on everybody's mitochondria at this point, Mark. Any comments about this song generally before we share our rankings? Yes. As you know, and as the listeners know, I've been on quite a journey with the two share entries in this season. Every week, I seem to come up with a completely new, yet to my mind in that moment, fully rational list of reasons for voting for each of these songs. 
ranking them in a particular order. Last time, Believe was not my number one pick for a variety of reasons, and I was making the big argument that uh, I found someone was an equally powerful comeback. I still stand by that to some degree, but the rubber hits the road in the Elite Eight in a way that, as you mentioned before, drives some things home, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Because and now, drops them in the driveway without even <laughs> slowing down. That's a tuck and roll, drive some things home situation. <laughs> because you, still, you think about the fact, okay, after this round, we've got four songs left. Four songs to epitomize the very idea of a comeback, plus Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It, which we are not talking about for various reasons. Oh my God, um, he hadn't even brought it up in like a month. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, so here's the thing. When I think about share songs, when I think most people think about share songs, what are the songs that someone will mention in the first breath? I Got You, Babe, and Believe. That's what I believe myself. Therefore, I do feel it is a fool's errand to try to logic myself out of acknowledging that though I make, I feel a strong case for I found someone and I am very glad it's in the top eight. I think that is an excellent place for it. I do feel that I had to make a share choice. I didn't want to share the wealth between the two songs. So believe is my first. Well, (laughs) You know what? I'm going to actually have a tutor come over to your place. I, it's Yeah, it's past time, honestly. Oh, <laughs> uh, I never learned to read. Wayne's World jokes are relevant, always. Uh, anyway, Believe is my number one, and it is also the patrons number one. We are simpatico in this way, the patrons and I. Um, I also went on a share journey that was completely informed. Well, not completely. It was... informed by your journey with I found someone last time, which is why I put Believe in third with six points, also kind of knowing that it didn't really matter. I could put it in like plaid or 17th (laughs) place, doesn't really matter. And I am comfortable with that reality, but I put it in third. That is great and totally understandable. And listen, I... There's a certain throwing a dart at a map quality to what I do every time anyway. So <laughs> this, as much as I talk a big game, there is that aspect of it's like a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters typing out the names of their favorite comeback songs. It It is. And then sneaking a thumb onto a scale somewhere. So I felt like because that scale was fully piled up that I didn't I didn't need to go too hard for Believe. Right, 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 right. I agree. Well, how hard did you go for our boy George Harrison? Not that hard. We don't have a clip of this either, but I i mean, it is in my top four because as I have been saying about this song each time we speak about it, I thought of this one almost immediately when we were brewing this season before we started recording. But I think there are other candidates that are somewhat better. So it does make it through for me in fourth place with five points. But I am not... uh, This is definitely one that when I was sort of like half looking at the results on the Patreon to see what I should clip, but also trying not to look too closely at numbers, just like shapes (laughs) to see what was going on. (laughs) Uh, And then trying to forget about them promptly 
that this was one that I kind of don't remember where it was, and I'm, but I'm pretty sure I remember that you're like, he's a beetle. Come back from where? <laughs> Asshole comes back from what? So uh, I put it in fourth. What did everyone else end up doing with it? Well, the patrons agreed with you. They also put it in fourth place. Huh. Okay. And I really did convince myself last time with the he's a beetle. They never, ever went away argument. I mean, yeah. my dad alone kept the Beatles in the conversation uh, almost by himself. I yeah, think. We, mine too. <laughs> he, he was once given a decorative throw that was crocheted with pictures of the Beatles faces. Oh, wow. That's... That's upsetting, actually. I'm not going to lie. I'm tr- I'm troubled <laughs> by the existence of that. What do you get for the man who has every one thing? A Beatles throw. <laughs> not uh, yeah. I would do anything for Christmas, but I wouldn't do that. Well, for me, obviously, something had to go in last place, or shall we say, eighth place, mm-hmm. and that was got my mindset on you. Okay. So only one point from me for George Harrison because, again, truly, George and. Also, because George Harrison was in the in the thrall or in the mix of what happened with the traveling Wilburys at almost this exact moment, those are my reasons. True. I stand by them. So that's but 11 n- points for Georgie? Total, yes, across the field. That's correct. Okay. Um, and now we've arrived once again at Cher. Now, I do want to say we've had some really interesting comments on the Patreon page about this song. And as a reminder, if you are not yet a patron of the podcast, you can join us at patreon.com slash Mastis, where you can vote on episodes. You get special bonus episodes per se- every season that uh, the general population doesn't get to hear. Uh, one of our comments from one of our patrons who's Name is spelled K-A-I-J-S-A, and I'm not going to mangle your name, dear patron, but I do want to say that they wrote, Team, I found someone checking in, and I'm like, yes. And then Florinda writes, y'all convinced me that I found someone was a bigger comeback for share than believe, so I switched my vote this week. And uh, that's the power of of positive discourse, I suppose. But I'm wondering, Uh Sarah, uh, where did you end up? Well, before I tell you where I ended up, yes. I, I'd like to bring everyone now with us on a journey to 1985, where this song, written at least in part by Mr. Michael Bolton, yep, uh, began its life, sung by Laura Branigan on the album, is it Hold On yeah. or Hold Me? <laughs> it's Hold Me, which hold is worse. Me. Oh. She's holding this very large Raggedy Andy doll on the cover of it. Um, I forced Mark to look at this visual, and now we're pod divorced. We had a good run, and I deserve it for mental cruelty (laughs) in this case. Because it's not just that she's holding a Raggedy Andy doll. It's that she's also not wearing any shoes. She's in a tight little dress. There's this weird nymphette sexual thing going on. The whole thing makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, as it should. Usually what makes me feel uncomfortable about Laura Branigan is her vocals. (laughs) But because she's often, what's the technical term? Oh, yes, bad. Um, 
I mean, spirited. She has a good instrument. She just sometimes needed another take. Spirited. Yes. Or five. (laughs) Here's the thing. Her vocal on I Found Someone is like her best vocal, in my opinion. I actually, because I was on clip duty this week, I tried to like switch it up because we've heard these now a few times. And it was like, let's think about these from a cover standpoint. Or, you know, is the real comeback rooted in the song or the artist, blah, blah, blah. So I pulled a clip of Laura Branigan's version to sort of illustrate the idea that the comeback of I Found Someone wasn't just for Cher, it was also for the song itself, even though it had only been a couple of three years. So here is a clip of Laura Branigan singing what sounds like karaoke tracked I Found Someone. Just like the love I thought I found in you And I remember the thunder Talking about the I do feel like we could probably get an entire episode of Old School Mark and Sarah talk about songs out of this interpretation, which I think is, like, the vocal is good. I think her interpretation and her emotional choices in that are not correct. I think Cher sang it, quote, correctly. Yeah. For this reason, and also thanks to the extremely convincing arguments of one... M. Blankenship, <laughs> this is my number fucking one this week. Yes. Eight Unexpected. Yeah, I found someone delightful. and they gave me some drugs, apparently, but this is where we are today. <laughs> well, I am pleased to tell you that it may have sounded because of the way I was talking before that I had like really demoted. I found someone, but I didn't demote it that much. I still put the song in fourth place because (laughs) I I just think that, I mean, at the end of the day, Cher epitomizes the concept of the comeback. Yeah. Agree. Um, when you do it at this level more than once, it's a big deal. Now I, obviously I put believe in first this week, but still there you go. Um, also, I think it is worth noting in that old school Mark and Sarah way, Laura Branigan did the original single versions or recordings of I Found Someone, of I uh, of How Am I Supposed to Live Without You, yeah. also co-written by Michael Bolton, which later sure. became a hit for Michael Bolton. She did an early and, quite frankly, unlistenable version of The Power of Love. Oh my god, it's so bad. It, it's, it's honestly a crime. I feel like... Laura Brannigan's estate should be petitioning to have that removed from the planet. I There's so many things in Brannigan's work life that you're like, didn't anyone care about you? <laughs> and then, meanwhile, her, her classic songs that she's known for, Gloria, um, uh, Solitaire, uh, Self-Control, all of those songs were originally performed in other languages. So... <laughs> When Laura Branigan covers a foreign language song, she hits. When she tries to introduce an English language song, she misses. By Michael anyway. Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
do we need to do a Brannigan season? God, we probably don't. We, we do. probably just did it, but anyway. Yeah, yeah also possibly. Mm. Um, okay, so I found someone. Fourth place for me, five points. Fifth place for the patrons, four points. First place for you, eight points. I mean, are we going to have two shares in the final four? It's possible. I feel like I jokingly predicted this at some point in the round of 32, but um, it if it manifests, I'm not mad. Uh, so... Next week at two, I do anything for love by meatloaf. And I do want to read a comment from our patron, Natalie, who writes, listen, y'all, I was a strange 12 year old during the summer of 1993 when I watched the I would do anything for love, but I won't do that video obsessively on VH1 and memorized basically the entire Bat Out of Hell 2 album, which still slaps in its overblown operatic way. And so I vote for that weirdo kid as well as my current day self who intellectually recognizes a comeback and also still knows all the words. Bring on the fromage. And then, that's an excellent comment. Elizabeth, our patron, follows up by says, Google lists the genre for this song as, quote, Wagnerian rock, and I'm just fucking dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, respect for all of those takes. And respect, if not love or enjoyment of the actual song, for Meatloaf's take. Because he took the charts by storm with this. And I still, despite not enjoying the song and we don't have a clip, you're welcome. I, I still couldn't push it that far down. Because it was so dominant and it was such a distance between like his sort of two tentpole monster hits. Um, That said, it's, quote, only in fifth place. But, I mean, like, you know, the songs have to go somewhere. So that's where he is going. Four points from me. Well, I'm exactly the same. I also have the song in fifth place. I tried to justify putting it lower because I'm just weary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But... I truly, I slept on it and I woke up uh, someday earlier this week and thought to myself, Mark, you cannot put that song that low. It has to be at least in fifth. So then yeah. I put it at least in fifth. <laughs> yeah. And the patrons? They put it in third, which gives it six points from them. Huh. Okay. Well, I think Old Town Road may have hit a a T stop sign here. A pothole, if you will. <laughs> um, I don't think I was aware, although you must have mentioned this in an uh, earlier episodes of certain chart facts about various songs. I don't think I realized that this was sort of like, it was still its same genre and Lil Nas X was still doing the same things with it. But in 2018, it was just him. And yep. the song was like a minute and 57 seconds long, which is like so 50s of him. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I found part of that track, which is just him and no one's talking about a Fendi sports bra or whatever the, whatever the fuck William Ray Cyrus is on. <laughs> so here's a clip of the non Cyrudian version. Can't nobody tell me nothing. On a tractor, lean all in my butt. She did on my baby. You can go and ask my life. 
life is a movie, bull riding in boots. Cowboy hat from Gucci, Wrangler on my booty. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. So you see that all the sort of ingredients of the song are there. But this is the kind of song that shows up, say, at the Top Chef judging table, and they're like, this, you just insult it correctly. Right. And the chef is like, yeah, I know. But in this case, Chef Nas X was like, you know what this needs is some Billy Ray Saltis. I've completely lost control of this. Anyway, I don't know why then this information and sort of comparing the two versions side by side didn't float um, Old Town Road up further for me. But it is the Elite Eight. It has to go somewhere. And unfortunately, this time it's in seventh with two points um, because I did kind of feel like, although Billy Ray Cyrus is, I think, an essential element of what makes the sort of now standard version of the song go, um, enough of the song was present and in place that I just, I don't know, it, it, this is just where it ended up and I'm going to have to live with my choice. What about well, you? I don't think I actually had mentioned this chart fact before, so I'm glad that you brought it up. I mean, technically, not technically, in fact, actually, the first week of this song's stint at number one, its historic 19-week run, was credited to just Lil Nas X. So it wasn't until the second week that the Billy Ray Cyrus remix overtook the song in terms of its overall consumption, streams and downloads, and then spent the rest of its time at number one with Billy Ray Cyrus as a credited artist. So it is wild to consider that this song might have just been one of the many number one songs that comes and goes Mm -hmm. without leaving much of an impact if Billy Ray had not hopped on the track. Right. And that, for me, really did aid in my ranking this time. But before I get to that, I want to read some other excellent comments Elizabeth, who was fucking dead at the thought of Wagnerian rock, also writes, look, I'm no Billy Ray Cyrus fan, but before Old Town Road, he wasn't even in the musician conversation. He'd gone from professional punchline slash mullet enthusiast directly to Miley's dad without even passing go. Mm -hmm. This dude had absolutely no freaking prayer of ever making any kind of music again. Then all of a sudden, he's got the biggest song of the year, a veritable record shatterer. That's a comeback, although perhaps whether he can parlay that success into another career phase remains to be seen. Well, that's another aspect of it, too, which I frankly forgot, but will now use to justify my low ranking of the song. (laughs) Thanks, Elizabeth. Yeah, Um, great job. And then patron Jen writes, following Elizabeth's point, I feel like the fact that he actively leaped at the chance to be on the record and regain relevancy says something. Little Nas X said something like, this song is so country that it should have Billy Ray Cyrus, and Billy Ray Cyrus said he was in. Good instincts. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that Billy Ray Cyrus has really not gone on to any continued musical presence, and the fact that he uh, makes this song the hit that it is, those two, those two things are in direct opposition with each other with regard mm-hmm. to how we're talking about this season. The patrons agreed with you uh to the letter. In fact, they also put the song in seventh, but I could not, I don't know. I just felt like that the, the, the achievement here was so great that I wanted to recognize it. So I put it in third, huh. six points, 
Uh, yes, it's my third place, but it doesn't matter. It's not making it through. There are already more songs that have uh, more points, four more songs than this that have higher point totals. So this is the end of the Old Town Road. But I do think it's great that it made it to the top eight, and I am glad that we were able to think and talk about it so much. It's still my bronze medalist for the week. Mm, yeah, and I, I think actually looking at my list now, it's like, mm, maybe this should have been the fifth place one, but well, what it isn't. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sorry. Also not the fifth place one on my list, but where will it go? We'll find <laughs> out. Uh, Soldier of Love by Donny Osmond. Um, Donny Osmond, I found out so many things about Donny Osmond during my uh, preparation process this week, including that he became a grandfather at age 47 and his oldest grandchild is now old enough to vote. Ugh, okay. Donnie, good for you. And he is doing a, I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but he did do a residency in Vegas for a while. Someone on YouTube, uh, Isle Jane, Isle like an island, Jane, thank you so much for your contributions. Um, probably totally illegally recording the opening numbers of like <laughs> two weeks worth of his shows at Harrah's. In wow, 2021, around man. Labor Day, I have a clip from the opener. He starts with Soldier of Love. Here is a clip. The sound is not great, but this is what I could do so that we could hear some of this song again before probably it takes its leave of us. That's a pretty good arrangement for a Vegas showroom. His voice, from what you can hear, sounds pretty good. When you watch this on YouTube, we'll link to it in the show notes. Pick your performance. They're all pretty much identical. He's in the middle of these dancers who are way too young to even know anything about him or who he is. <laughs> but he also was making a comeback in the 20s from paralysis that he suffered from a dancing injury on some dancing reality show and it's like what i really feel like 
Donny Osmond and a lot of the Osmonds have been coming back from things forever because it's like this big family. They had these variety shows, plural. They were always trying shit with like electric guitars and then the entire state of Utah would like censure them in the legislature. (laughs) It really is. um, And I also remember him being like doing the tour through the kinds of like celebrity placeholder musicals that would advertise in the afternoon on in the tri-state area. So um, the Jekyll and Hyde musical, which like all the soap stars did it. Damien did it. Jack Wagner for sure did it. Hasselhoff did it. Osmond did it. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Like they all cycled through that one. Do you know what I mean? It's like that kind of musical that's like, we need a TV star so we can take this to, Elko or whatever the fuck. Well, Joseph is still fulfilling that function in England where Jason Donovan, who (laughs) was never a star in America, but was a British and Australian soap and pop star recently, uh, assayed a role in that show so that people could come and scream for him and remember their teenage years. Mm -hmm. And I, I think maybe Robbie Williams, also oh. has that lane. There is a mini ser- docu-series out about him right now. And I remember a time when you heard his name at least once a day and then he just vanished Stops. below the horizon. Yeah. But we're here to talk about Toothy Donnie. And um, I <laughs> Toothy perhaps Donnie. controversially... A member of the Sopranos cast. <laughs> Toothy Donnie. I'm going to go get the papers. Get the papers. I perhaps controversially, perhaps brain injuriously, put uh, this song in number one last week. It is not there this week. But I just wanted to share that this is still a part of his, um, like, top line, like, here's why you should give me a show logline pitch. And that he no longer looks young and toothy. He looks kind of you know, middle-aged and doughy, because he is, so am I. I could only get it as far as sixth this Mm. week with three points because I just had to acknowledge that, I mean, in some ways, this comeback was titanic. Um, And numerous, like, radio DJs and record company players had to kind of link elbows to get him off the breadline of pop music, basically. But on the other hand, like, it was a really amazing comeback. It had been a long time, but not as long as some others. And he kind of went back into, like, competitive reality programming and, um, like, regional theater. And that is fine. But I just don't think that this is one that unless you were present and like a teenager at the time, um, or you go to a lot of, you know, we're testing it in New Haven theater. Like, I just am not sure that this has the staying power in terms of defining the genre. So I put him in six with three points. I think this is uh, solid. There is no question that the enduring impact of his comeback with this song can be felt in the fact that he had a Vegas residency in 2021. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think he would have that level of popularity now had he not had a comeback then. 
because that comeback created this whole story around him where the public imagination chose to embrace him mm-hmm. it, because people love a comeback. And if he hadn't had one, he would have been forever trapped in the amber of the 1970s. And right. that cheesy song he sang with Marie Osmond about I'm a little bit rock and roll. She's a little bit, yeah. country, whatever that piece of shit is. Well, and but, puppy love, like, well, I mean, yeah. you know, that's the brand, but Glurge for sure. Because he was able to have one moment of true chart, busting success as an adult vaguely sexual pop star mm-hmm. i think he has been able to have the the subsequent decades of his career and the fact that we have in our top eight a song that i represents the completely unexpected mystery singer approach uh, i think that's really good but i agree with you that it shouldn't go further than this and i also put the song in sixth and you know who Thought we were both being too kind. The patrons, because oh. Donnie is in eighth place for the patrons. But that's okay. We still I mean, love him. I get it. Like, everything that you're saying yeah. is kind of encapsulated by the fact that he does, he did open every single show. Like, I watched a bunch of these videos trying to get a slightly <laughs> better sound experience for the clip. And, you know, he's opening with it every night. Because that's that's a show opener in yeah. the like Osmond verse. That's where that's what it does. That is its function yes. all these years later. I realize it doesn't take much to gain this title, but it is the sexiest Osmond hit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like not it's not like straining at sexy or like, you know, you've thought of me as a, you know, smooth genitaled Mormon kid, but I actually fuck. <laughs> and you're like, just bring it down every notch. I can't. The air is well, too thin here in Park City. You've got to calm down. He did. This actually enough. takes us back to what we were discussing about David Cassidy, who went too far in that direction. Yeah. That this was like mature. And it sounded like a like grown up person's song, but it wasn't like whipping it out and slapping you in the face <laughs> with it, which no one wants from someone who used to wear matching bell bottom tuxados with his fifteen brothers. Anyway, walking now this way to Run DMC featuring Aerosmith. Um, this, I think I put too low last week. Didn't make that mistake this week. Uh, we don't have a clip, but it is my number two with seven points. And I suspect that I am not alone in that rough neighborhood of the rankings. Mark? You are not. In fact, it's a triple two across the board Ooh. for Walk This Way. Every single voting party put the song in second place because, honestly, it it's a game changer. It really is a song that needs to continue on because it epitomizes so much of what we've been talking about. And I feel like I've used the word epitomize too much this week, but whatever. I had no trouble putting it in second place. Uh, yeah. Thumbs up for me. And clearly the patrons agreed. I, I, I'm going to actually save my thoughts because we're going to be talking about this song again. Yeah. Um, and I look forward to that. And this is one of those fantastic times where, um, we weren't totally in agreement exactly as to what's the best, but once again, a sort of like consensus, yes, very good, not quite the best, but like a number <laughs> yes. two for everyone winds up getting the most points in a round. 
I mean, spoiler, there's still a song we haven't talked about, but that, you know, that that shit has sailed, as nobody says. Um, but I will say that Dawn, uh, our esteemed patron, did want to speak on behalf of You Got It by Roy Orbison. She writes, one last pitch for my guy, Roy Orbison. No lie. I heard any, I heard You Got It in the grocery store last weekend. Have you ever heard any other Roy Orbison song in the grocery store? Maybe Oh Pretty Woman. Mm. That's a comeback. Before this song slash album, I only knew him as a line in my favorite Springsteen song, not on his own, not on his own. I had no idea what he was about. Sure, he died before he could see it all unfold, but that whole album is great and he had to know it. Okay, I'm done. Congratulations, Aerosmith. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly put. Yes, very well said, Don. I, um, I think you make a strong case for why it's right and good that this song is in our Elite Eight. And uh, in fact, the song is popular enough that, Sarah, I believe we have a clip of a high-profile cover. We do. Um, it is, the file name is You Rate It, um, as in Bonnie. She is singing it here on the Boys on the Side soundtrack, I believe, is um, is the yes. source of this cover. And this clip is a little long, but I kind of wanted to get a full range of it in for comparison. Here it is. some more comments about this, but I'm going to start with one observation and opinion and then throw it to you. Alrighty. Uh, If a big part of rock and pop music is the vocalist trying to get you to fuck them, I would fuck this body rate performance 99 times (laughs) before I would fuck Roy's. No offense, Roy. I just think this is much more fuckable and i think other things about it that are less you know (laughs) rude and trashy believe it or not but let's hear what mark a intelligent person has to say well hearing even (laughs) that clip amazing (laughs) (laughs) even hearing that clip i'm reminded of two things one i did have the boys on the side soundtrack and on the cover there's all of them around that birthday cake, I think. Uh-huh. Like, and they're being lit beautifully. Drew Barrymore's in that movie. Anyway, Roy Orbison's version of the song is great. And it is the one that was a top 10 hit. And the song itself is great. But Bonnie Raitt's version is, in fact, better. Yeah. I think. It's not, it's not really close either, just my opinion. Yeah, like, Roy Orbison is a classic presence in rock music and hearing him sing is always a delight. He has a cover of crying that he does with Katie Lang. That is just exquisite. Gorgeous. Yep. But there's something that Bonnie Raitt unlocks in this song. And you're right. It's the fuckability. It's the, she's not, when she says you got it, she doesn't mean 
a freshly made loaf of bread. No. She means these titties. <laughs> <laughs> with with a D, with two D's in the middle. That's right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> T-I-D-D-I-E-Z. That's what you got. You know, it's been um, a while since anyone wondered on this podcast who's got a dick, and I believe <laughs> Ms. Raid has just asked that question and oh, answered it. Shit. Oh. oh my God. Um, if that joke does not make sense to you, I encourage you listeners to go back through our archives and find our super long ABBA episode, <laughs> wherein you can find what causes a member of ABBA to throw open her six story apartment window oh. and scream, who's got a dick into the night. <laughs> uh, or day. <laughs> we don't judge. Or day. Um, so yes, that means that interestingly, by comparison, I found myself moving this song down. Yeah. Like it's it, it, if I I hadn't listened to the Bonnie Raitt song and version until this week and then I realized, "Oh, it was his comeback, but then he got eclipsed just a few years later." So that's why for me, you got it ended up in 7th place with 2 points. Yeah. I'm not happy I mean, I'm not happy about putting anything in 8th, which is where I put it this time. But my notes were like First of all, Bonnie Raitt called me. I don't think Dan's going to be that mad about it. And second of all, um, she owns this entire song from front to back so thoroughly that you almost can't believe it wasn't hers originally. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, like, I think the vocal, I've said before, Roy Orbison's sort of like trilly situation that he's doing like i understand that it's his trademark thing and sometimes it works um like overall i don't adore it and this sounds enough like she wrote it and gives me such strong um vibes of like that video with her and dennis quaid where he's in his like jerry lee lewis drag and like they both are nodding at each other and you're like i'm pregnant from watching this which like is it hot in here yes yeah I I mean, just I drifted off a little to my mental bunk thinking about it. And um, thank you, pop culture, for (laughs) giving us so many, so many wonderful things, including that video. But I just really felt like if another artist, even though I imagine that she is paying homage with this performance to Orbison, but if she blots him out this completely... I feel like the comeback is hers because this was afterwards. Like, I don't know if it charted, but this is one of the things that people mention when they mention the soundtrack. And I, you know, I can't discount that. Like, I like this one better enough that the original, I can't really justify bumping it up from the bottom of the list this week. I do really feel like a posthumous comeback counts more but there's a lot of heavy hitters in here we're getting towards the end so eighth well and this this takes us back to what we were saying at the very beginning of the episode now we're talking about the songs that are going to go to the final four yeah and i think it's absolutely correct and was quite easy to see you got it making it to the elite eight Mm -hmm. of comeback stories it is probably one of the eight best but when we get to the final four, we've got to really get those gold standard songs in there. And this one isn't cutting it. Uh, it wasn't cutting it for the patrons either. They put it in sixth place with three points. 
Okay, well, oh, wow. All right, well, this is this is going to be an interesting final four for three lucky artists. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Okay, so here it is in reverse order in eighth place with six points. It's Roy Orbison with You Got It. But again, he made it to the top eight. That's a huge deal in yeah. this thing that has no meaning. <laughs> he should Excuse be very me. proud. Excuse me. <laughs> I am um, vice president. Um, <laughs> Toothy Joe, Toothy D, Donny Osmond Toothy made it D. to seventh place with seven points. Uh, William Ray Cyrus and Lil Nas X are in sixth place with 10 points. And George Harrison is in fifth place with 11 points. Now you'll notice, as Sarah alluded to earlier, we haven't heard from either share yet. So that means that our top four moving on to next week are in fourth place with 14 points, Meatloaf, unkillable <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> it's the Meatloaf that they're serving in the cafeteria every damn day. It's astronaut Meatloaf, freeze-dried NASA Meatloaf. In third place, with 17 points, it's Share Part 1, I Found Someone. In second place, with 21 points, it's Aerosmith and Run DMC with Walk This Way. And in first place, only one point higher than Walk This Way, it's Share's Believe with 22 points. So that means it's all share all the time, but I feel that is appropriate. So next week, our final four, again, will be Believe, Walk This Way, I Found Someone, and I Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Yeah, so do I. And I'm glad that we got to look at some covers and different versions and uh, other explorations of songs that maybe they didn't make it, but the whole point is not necessarily just to crown the biggest or most uh, representative comeback song. It's also to think about why we're doing that and what makes a comeback and why are these still songs that anyone is talking about sometimes 30 or 40 years later. So that was really fun. And, um, I need to go get dressed for my date with Bonnie Raitt. And um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. And again, this is still not, I mean, not anybody's game. It's probably Cher's game, but, you know, you never know. Shit could get crazy. (laughs) If you're not a member of our Patreon page, we would really love to have you. We'd love to hear from you on the Discord and in the comments, patreon.com slash masters to vote and or complain. Come on by. Vote this way. Patronize this way. (laughs) Yeah, I believe that you got it. Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting and Mark Blankenship. That's me, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. This podcast is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. And if you want to talk about songs, suggest a season theme, get a pop chart reading or customized playlist, or have a cocktail with us and your fellow listeners, 
then come on by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash where you'll find polls, happy hours, and tons of extra episodes and content. We're also at Talk Songs on Twitter, at Mastass Everywhere on Instagram, and Mastass.podcast on Facebook. Or just email us, talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. All that contact info will be in our show notes. Scroll down. Hope we'll be talking about songs with you soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.